The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. You know, Chipo, it's funny. I wrote this book um, a while ago, and people keep saying to me, when is the next book coming out? They don't realize what pain it is to birth this thing. That's what it is, isn't it? It's like I wrote this book on my Saturday mornings. My husband brought me coffee in the morning, bless him, and that was the only time I had it. But, you know, if, if you start to live life on purpose and God has given you something to do, he will help you find the time to do it. And I knew, and I'd been procrastinating. I put the pro into procrastination for far too long. And I'd had so many, so every time I met a prophet, they'd be like, oh, I see books. And you're like, God, get behind me, Satan. Tell me something I didn't know, right? I don't need a prophet to tell me that. Um, but honestly, when God, when God drops something in you, this is an act of faith. And you know what? Heather's talking about patience. Patience is what holds faith in place until we see the manifestation of it. If we, you know, and they are power twins. Faith and patience are the power twins that cause us to inherit promises. And many people fail to see the manifestation of their miracle because they abort the baby before it's born. It's true. Patience is what holds your faith in place until you see the manifestation of it in this realm. It, it takes, faith takes something from the spiritual realm and causes it to manifest in the physical realm. But I don't know about you, but sometimes there is a space between. Have you noticed that? You know, God's promises are yes and amen, but sometimes it's amen. <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, for the love of God, I'm, I'm done with this. No, no, you know, have you noticed that is not a fridge magnet verse, Hebrews 6 verse 12? By faith and patience we inherit the promises. Yes! Thank you, Jesus. No one wants to put that on a hat or a fridge magnet or a t-shirt, do they? Everyone wants to have the faith part. No one wants to enjoy the patience part of it. No one, right? But it's essential. Well, this took a lot of patience. This took a lot of patience, a lot of Saturday mornings. But, you know, in this book, and all the stuff that, that Heather's given away and I've given away, you can get it back there in our, on our table. But all of, the, all of these things are good for you because we need to, you know, this isn't enough time. Sarah's right. This isn't enough time. This is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. Right? I'm hoping, my prayer for you ladies this weekend is that you get kick-started in some of the things of God. Kick-started, that you get stirred up, that you get challenged, that you get a picture on the inside of the kind of life that God wants you to live on the outside. Amen? To a point where you become impatient and dissatisfied with the level you're living at right now. That's called holy dissatisfaction. Amen? Because we, we, should, we should desire, you know, Paul puts it this way, he says, pursue spiritual gifts. Desire them. Desire more to see more of the, the life of God flowing through us. And so by the time I finally got this book out, you know, this book is full of testimonies. Um, our life has really been marked by healing. My testimony has been healed of epilepsies in here. My daughter's testimony has been healed of an, um, an incurable disease at three years old. She was given a week to live and sent home to die. Jesus supernaturally healed her. Amen. And she's 16 today, perfectly healthy. And there's just loads of teaching in here about how to see a miracle manifest. You know, because, because like Heather was saying, we can hear testimonies and they can encourage us. And, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Actually, not someone else's. It's got to become ours. It's got to become personal to us. We can't, we can't receive the promises of God on someone else's faith. Right? Someone else's faith can come alongside you. I'm talking about as a mature believer here, a, a mark of maturity in a believer is somebody that's learned to use their faith to access the promises of God for themselves, right? Now, we come into the kingdom being encouraged by somebody else's faith, but God doesn't leave us there. We develop our own relationship with him, and through that, we have access to every good promise that's from him, every good promise, Right? And this book is, is good because it helps people go from, from A to, to Z of receiving something they're believing God for. Lots of testimonies, lots of teaching in there. Who needs a healing or a miracle? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I just don't know who to give this for. I don't know if someone can help me. I need someone to give me a little help up here. Give it out. There you go. All right. All right. Awesome. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. 
I want to look at something in here. We're going to, we're going to get into, you know, I, I started out by, by teasing you this session. We're going to talk about, we talked about the action of faith, okay, a little bit. But there's one more example here I want to look at, and the action of faith. Because sometimes we get this impression that, that God is, uh, is somehow deciding what's going on. And he's, and he's actually made his mind up very well. Look at this in Luke 5. We're going to go to Luke 5. Where do we start in the realm of faith? Where do we even begin? Right? Where do we even begin? Many people don't realize that a lot happens in our confession. I don't, you know, I have people come to me. We have a, uh, we travel and minister a lot um, and on TV and stuff. And so we, we're in ministry situations on a regular basis. And many people come to me for prayer for healing because that's the crisis that they're dealing with at the moment. Okay, that's, that's the crisis. And, and, you know, Heather was talking about this. If you're trying to get somewhere, you find somebody that you, that you can imitate, that you see they've got that going on in their life. And because people hear our testimony, they see that going on in their life. That's why I get a lot of calls um, for healing. But oftentimes, um, people come and they're like, I just, I just don't know what the will of God is. I just don't know what the will of God is. Or I just don't know, I just don't know how to receive. Or I just don't know if I can hear God. And really, it might come out their mouth slightly different, but it's all really circulating around the same thing. There is a dysfunction in their relationship with the Lord. Because the scripture is really clear. It says that he has given to us all things, not some things, but all things that pertain to life and godliness. But it comes to the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. That's in Second Peter 1, um, verse 3 to 5. Okay? So how we access these promises of God, yes, it's through faith, but it's through relationship. It's through relationship. And it's through that, not just, not just that word knowledge that I mentioned. It's just not just a, a casual knowledge of somebody. Okay? It means intimacy. We're talking about an intimate type relationship that's consistent. This is like a marriage kind of relationship. How many married ladies do I have? Or married guys, either way. Okay, amen. Because <laughs> I know some of you have your husbands, that's why. Right? But here's the thing. You don't have the benefits of a marriage type relationship with a one night stand. Right? And if we approach Jesus like he's a casual meeting, like he's a one-night stand. Like we just go to him if we have a crisis. He's faithful. He's there in the middle of the crisis. But he's got more for us than that. He's got so much more for us than that. You know, you can't have the benefits and the intimacy and the blessing of a marriage in a casual relationship. Right? And so we want to find ourselves in, a, in an intimate relationship with Jesus because that's where the blessing is. Amen? But I want to look at somebody in, in, the, in the scriptures here in Luke chapter 5. You know, we need to, sometimes we just need to start somewhere. We, some, we just, sometimes we just need to start somewhere. We just don't know what that looks like. And we're, we're talking about faith and, and, and giving you a picture of what that looks like in a mature believer. But sometimes God, you know, we, we, we come from a place of desperation, right? How many people would say they're coming from a place of desperation this weekend? I know. There's lots of people. Amen? But look at, look at how Jesus meets us. He meets us right where we're at. He doesn't ask us to be somewhere where we're not. Isn't that good news? That's the grace of God. He's moved with compassion. You know, five times in the New Testament, he says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Every time he was moved with compassion, that's not just a casual, oh, I kind of like you a little bit. That's a love that drives somebody to action. Every time he says he was moved with compassion, miracles followed. Every time. Every time. Look at this. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. On a certain day he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby, who had come from every town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. Well, hallelujah. Isn't that just, in that moment, the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick? Well, that's great. But what about now? Have you ever thought that? Well, what, isn't, isn't it the power of the Lord was there in that moment. It was just like, but what, but what happens for us? This was, written, this was written thousands of years ago. What does this mean for us today? Does that mean that we have to get into a place of special anointing? Does that mean that we have to have the worship music just right? Otherwise, we're going to scare away the Holy Spirit. You know, it's amazing to me how many people feel like the presence of God is such a fragile thing. That we have to whip ourselves up. You know, if we, we can't receive from God, if, if we haven't prayed enough, if we haven't read the Bible enough, if we haven't fasted enough, if we haven't been righteous enough. Man, listen, God loved you while you were still sinners. Amen? That's the truth. 
The, the, the world don't need a physician. It's the sick that need a physician. Amen? You know, we, we, God loved us. He picked us before we ever picked him. And in it, he never asked us to clean up our act before he met us in that place of grace. Right? And so the presence of God is something that we carry around on the inside of us. Remember, now we have received Jesus. Then when they're talking about this, he was walking around. We have a whole different relationship now than they even had in the New Testament. Think about that. Think about these disciples that wrote the New Testament, right? Think, think about uh, the, the people the, in the Old Testament. You know, all, you, can, you can go through and see all of the Bible stories, all of the amazing people that made it into Hebrews chapter 11, the, the faith hall of fame, right? You think, you think of Abraham and Sarah and, and all of the people that are listed there. You can just go through the, the Bible full of, full of all the characters and all of the battles they won and the Tessimus and Joshua and David and, and Moses, right? You know, and, and you can imagine just to seeing them when you get to heaven and saying, you know, Moses, what was it like? What was it like to see the Red Sea parted? You know, the, the, the fish, you know, in walls of water looking through. What was it like to be there? You know, you, you, Joshua, what, what was it like to cross over into the promised land? What was it like when the, when the walls fell down? What was it like when the giant was, what was, it, what was it like to see the plagues of Egypt and the amazing deliverance? What was all those things like? And like, that's pretty cool, you know, it's pretty cool, it's pretty awesome. But you know, what we have today is so much more than what they had back then. They didn't have spirit living with them all the time. They didn't have a whole book of promises. They didn't know that God was with them. God wasn't with them all the time. He came and left. The Holy Spirit came upon people with a special anointing, but then he went. But now, man, you can imagine them turning back to us and saying, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? What was it like to know that Jesus died and rose again, that you might have access to every good and perfect promise? What was it like to be called the friend of God? What was it like to be a child of the Most High God, seated with Him in heavenly places above the circumstances and not beneath them? What was it like to be blessed coming in and blessed going out? What was it like to have power, authority and power in the name of Jesus? What was it like to be endued with power and commission to go out and lay hands on the sick and see them recover? To, to, to speak to the devils and see them flee? To speak to the dead and see them rise? What was that like? What did you do with what you had? right? Man, we have so much more. We have so much more. Let's look back at this scripture. And the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. I want to shed a little light on this. In your um, translation, does it have the word present in italics? Translations, look, look carefully, right? It's italicized. That's because when you see, when you, in honest translations, it does, okay? When you see something italicized, it means it's been added, the word present wasn't there in the original text. If you look in the original text, it says the power of the Lord was to heal. That's very different. You see, sometimes in the scriptures, they've added words to help us understand, to, to help it flow in the, in the English language, which is limited, very limited. Okay, But it actually means the power of the Lord was to heal. God's life, God's power, God's choice, God's decision by design was always for you to be well. From the very beginning of it, he's not schizophrenic, right? This is really important because when we're talking about the subject of faith, faith is to be fully persuaded, right? To have trusting confidence. Do you not have more trusting confidence when you know that God is unchanging, right? That his word always was and always is, and he was the same yesterday, today, and forever, Man, I don't know about you, but that gives me an ability to trust on a, on a level I didn't have before. God has not changed his mind about you. He always loved you. He always picked you. He always wanted you to walk in health. In fact, healing is all through the Old Testament as well. It wasn't even a New Testament phenomenon, right? Prosperity wasn't even a, a New Testament uh, phenomenon. He's always been there. That, you know, forgiveness of sin wasn't a New Testament phenomenon, God always wanted to, he, he provided a sacrifice for people's sins so that they might have forgiveness. That's why people, that's why the priests would bring the lamb and they'd have animal sacrifices. But it was temporary. It was only temporary till the next time they sinned. That's the difference that Jesus made. He made permanent a promise that God had given. Amen. It was the confirmation of the reservation, as Pastor was saying. Right? 
Man, so now we're living, we're living in the confirmation era. We're not asking God to come and down, down and do something he hasn't already assured us of. And so with that, we can come in boldness because we know the power of God is to heal. It's not present. It doesn't come and go now and then. It's to heal. It always was and it always has been and it always will be to come. And it lives inside of us. That stirs me up. I don't know about you. That gets me excited. And so look, when people understand this, they understand the power of God is to heal. And his answers are always yes and amen. It causes them to do some crazy things. Look at these, you know, you read the rest of this chapter. I'm going to paraphrase this for the sake of time, okay? But when we really believe something, it will, promote, it will, it will push us to action. It will cause us to act. We're not acting and doing something in order to, to prove that we believe something. There's a difference between faith and stupid, Okay, and some seriously, sometimes people come to me and they hear about faith and say, well, should I quit taking my medication to prove that I'm in faith? Duh, no. And you know why? Because you're asking me. I'm not your Holy Spirit, right? I'm just being real with you. You know, um, uh, many, many years ago now, I had epilepsy. And actually, that verse that you mentioned for the conference, Deuteronomy 30 uh, verse 19, was one that God spoke to me personally. It's revelation to me on the inside of me. You see, he, when I, I came from a background that um, was very, um, I didn't get born again until I was 17. I'd been in the occult and kind of witchcraft and different, had a bit of a, a, a soul on the road to Damascus type conversion. I met with the devil, realized he was a bad dude and said, Jesus, if you're real, help me. He appeared and, sa- and I was saved. Amen. It was, it was pretty cool. But listen, then I went to a really traditional background, traditional church and all the things I believed about Jesus, they didn't preach. I'm like, I just, I mean, I'm confused. I didn't find out about sin until I went to church. I just thought Jesus loved me, right? And then I went and I found out everything that was wrong with me, apparently. And uh, we didn't really have a revelation of grace in my church. So I was a bit confused. And so, you know, there was healing in the New Testament, but it's like no one ever got healed in our church. I mean, it was like, there was no power. Well, it was like, well, power what? I don't know. And so we, you know, as believers, because we didn't understand fundamental things about how we should relate to God and how God relates to us, we didn't understand about this element called faith and how faith is provided, but we must respond, right? We didn't understand some of these mechanisms that work in the kingdom of God. And so to outside of the church, to everybody else, we lived life and our life looked exactly like everybody else that didn't go to church, right? Because there was no power operating in our life to mark us apart as different. So we just responded to challenges and heartaches the same way as everyone else did. Every time we got sick, we went to the doctor. Okay? Every time we had a problem, you know, mentally we went to the counselor. Right? We forgot that, hang on a second, we have a whole book of promises that we can stand on. Right? There's another way. There's another way. And so I had epilepsy for many years. And it, was, and, uh, I mean, it, it caused me to have multiple seizures a day to where I needed a babysitter for me because I couldn't be left on my own with my three kids. That's kind of embarrassing, right? When you have to have the sitter come around and take care of you, right? So I'm there. I have my, 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 my babysitter when Ashley's at work. And I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't drive a car. I couldn't work. It was, um, Ashley wouldn't know. What hit. Many, many times I was in intensive care in hospital. Many times they, I was told, they, they told him, you know, say goodbye to your wife. You're not going to make it. And the, this whole time we knew God. We loved God. But we didn't understand these things. We didn't understand that God was always good. We didn't understand that the promises of God were yes and amen because we based the power of God and the will of God solely upon our experience of Him. And because we had no experience of Him, we, we, you know, that just, our experiences confirmed what our belief system was, which was that signs and wonders passed away with the apostles, right? That, that people just didn't, that wasn't around anymore. That was like just in the Bible or something, right? But the power of God didn't, there's, there's no expiration date on this word. Have you noticed? I've looked all the way through multiple translations, and there's no expiration date on here, right? The promises of God are down forever. And so one day I went to a Bible study, a women's Bible study, and um, this was a different kind of church, one of those charismatic hand churches. Well, like, these ladies are a little bit suspicious to me. I don't know. I'm going to pray with my eyes open. I need, to keep, I need to check it out so I know what's going on, right? You never know what's going to go down in one of those meetings, like holy rollers or something. You gotta understand. In my church, when people got one lady, my this is this is <laughs> my experience of of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, 
was this woman came back from a, from a vacation somewhere in, in America, because I was living in the UK then. And um, she came back, and in our Baptist church, one day in the middle of the church, she ran down the middle of the front, just right down the front in the altar. No one did that. We had pews in our church. They told you when to stand up and sit down. And here she is, like, getting all out there and crazy down the front of the church during worship. All by, then she starts raising her hands. We're not one of those kind of churches. Back, I mean, people, you could see people in the pews were getting jittery. They were getting concerned. Like, we don't know what's going to happen next. But I tell you, faith will make you do crazy things sometimes. It'll make you step out of your comfort zone. And so as, as during worship, she starts to, to run down the front, raise her hands, and out of her mouth comes this language that's not a known language. And then the whisper goes around the congregation, the tongues have gotten her. The tongues have gotten her. So the usher comes in from the side. <laughs> the, usher, the usher comes in from the side, and he doesn't know what to do. He's like, we don't have modesty cloths, you know, in our church, because we don't do the falling down thing either. We just don't do that, okay? And so he didn't have, so he didn't know what to do. So he just grabbed this woman's coat off the chair, right? And he, he like rugby tackled this woman, threw the, the coat over the top of her head like a blanket, and like scooped her up and bundled her out the side church door bang silence and you can see that the pastor's like play the organ some more play the organ some more (laughs) and we just carried on like nothing happened and it was like oh the tongue's gone that's what happens that's what happens to people and that was the kind of church that I grew up in spiritually so so you know when when sickness and whatever came our way we just embraced it we just thought we didn't have a choice but we have a choice and as I went to this women's bible study they were all meditating, and I thought meditating was like levitating. Apparently, it's not. It's scriptural. Do you know that? Do you know the word meditate? It actually means to speak it, study it, utter it, or roar it like a lion. That's what meditate means. That's when it says meditate the word. Speak it, study it, utter it, and roar it like a lion. Come on now. That'll get you going, right? Say it again, pastor. Say it again, right? So here's the thing. So, so I'm in this women's Bible study, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, i got my eyes open. And they're all just being quiet, and they, they, they start speaking in this tongues thing. This tongues thing's going. And I don't do that at that point. I didn't understand all that, so I'm just observing. And all of a sudden, I hear God on the inside of me. And you know, he speaks that scripture to me, Deuteronomy 30, chapter 19. And the other way around, sorry. Chapter 30, verse 19. And he says, I set before you life and death. I set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose life. And I thought, what do you mean, Lord? Does anyone ever get this? When God speaks to you, like, what do you mean, though? What does it mean, right? What are, what are you talking about? And he said, look, this epilepsy, you have never let me in on this. I want you to turn it off. Switch it off. I want you to switch it off. When you're, I want you to choose life. And it hit me in my spirit that something that I was told I was going to have for the rest of my life that was probably going to kill me, that probably all my kids were going to have, I suddenly wasn't a victim anymore. I had power. I had changed seats. You see, when we receive Jesus, we change seats. We move from one kingdom into the other kingdom, and everything changed on the inside. And we're not the same people that we were before because the power of God is inside us, and it is present to heal. It is present to heal. And in that moment, I didn't really understand everything that was going on, but God meets you where your faith is at. And so I didn't tell anyone. I went home. I'm like, okay. He said, when you're ready, switch epilepsy. Just turn it off like a light switch. Just flick it right off. And I went home, and the next two weeks, I just spent the next two weeks studying the Word of God. Isn't it amazing what happens when instead of asking everybody else's opinion on our problem, we go to the Word for some answers, right? Because I think sometimes our knee-jerk reaction is, oh, go to Christ's phone a friend, right? Especially women. Phone a friend. Got a problem with my husband? Phone a friend. Get on the, get on the, get on the phone to the mother or whatever, right? Whereas, whereas the truth is a better way to live our life, to live in victory and abundance, is getting the Word of God. Amen? And some, some of us need to make dates in our calendar with Jesus, right? To fall in love with our first love again. To date Jesus. You know you can date Jesus, Right? And I mean, I've actually been through this in, in our business. I just write stuff in my calendar. Like, don't call me now. Don't, don't I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm, the phone is off, right? The emails are off. You know, I was in a, in a job one time, and um, I, was, I was promoted. Actually, it was, it was crazy. I went to work, and I didn't, 
um, I didn't, it, was, it was a new job, a new, as, a, as an assistant manager um, position. And on my second day on the job, um, the CEO calls me into the office and says, I'm really impressed with you. I want you to take this management position over here. And I was like, okay. I'd never been a manager of anything, right? I was, tr- I was struggling to manage myself. <laughs> Seriously. I was so underqualified for this position. It's the favor of God. And so, I mean, I went to work, and I had a team of people, and I had a, I had a $1.6 million budget. I mean, I'd never, I'd never, I mean, seriously, beyond my personal finances, I had, I was clueless. I'm like, clearly, he, this man must have heard from God, or he's crazy, <laughs> right? But he, he had confidence in me, and, um, and more than I had in myself, clearly. And, um, and I just went, and they gave me this office, and, you know, and, uh, I mean, a, a desk of my own with a door that, you know, an office door that closed, and a phone, and I'm sitting there going... Really? No. I mean, I'm just faking it till I'm making it, right? I, had, I was completely clueless. And all these people are looking for instructions. I'm like, I mean, my, my on-the-job training was two hours. That was it. This guy that was leaving just handed me this book. Here's my notes. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And so I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. He goes, you right where I want you. Because you know what? When we can do everything in our own strength, we don't use faith. You understand that? We don't need, we used to say, God, it's okay, God, I got this. I got this, I can handle, I got this. We need to walk by faith. In Romans, it says the, 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 the just shall live by faith. It's not an option. It's, it's not like somewhere we visit now and then, right? I think it's here, Romans 117. The just shall live by faith, okay? Well, it's not an option to live by faith. It's like a tack on for super Christians. It's a, it's a formidable force that causes us to overcome every challenge in our life, but we have to choose to enter into it. We have to choose to enter into it, okay? And so as I was sitting there at my office desk, the Lord had me. This is the only way I knew how to do that job. He said, I want you to spend the first half an hour on the clock while you're sitting at the desk praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And, you know, it was amazing because I had to negotiate all of these million-dollar contracts. Never done that before. But, so I just got the contracts on my desk, and I'd sit them on my desk, and I'd put my hand on them, and like, I mean, mostly out of panic, I think. I went to warring tongues, warring tongues, right? <laughs> and, then, and, 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 you know, as, every time I needed a breakthrough when no one was returning my call, I couldn't get anything done. Man, I just went to praying in tongues, and then before I picked up the phone. And then every time I picked up the phone, I got an answer and I had favor. And in the end, it got ridiculous. I had signed so many contracts that at the end of the day, this woman on the end of the phone, the biggest contract I've ever signed, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars in one go. But they, but they said, you know, they just kept saying yes. And so I'm like, I mean, I don't know. It's like I could, the Lord's like, you can ask for anything and you're going to get it. You have such faith. We step into faith. When we start speaking out over our life, what God speaks about our life, it opens the door of opportunity for us that no man can close. Amen? Amen. It takes us into a whole nother realm where opposition has to flee, right? Where resources become attracted to us. Where favor goes before us, encircles us, and overtakes us. We have favor with God, favor with man, and a good understanding. We have the ability to do things that we couldn't do in the natural. Amen? And this will work for any area of your life. I've got to finish my story. So as I'm sitting back in the women's Bible study, I keep going on rabbit trails, you know, it's that, but I'm, I'm finishing them up. I'm finishing them up, right? And I'm sitting there. I mean, I go back home and I get in the Word of God for two weeks. The next two weeks, I'm like, Lord, this healing stuff, you've got to show me it's real. I haven't seen it anywhere. You understand? I didn't have somebody to imitate I didn't have somebody to follow. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a pastor that could lead me in these things, right? I didn't, have, I didn't go to a church that was preaching the gospel with the power of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who will believe it. If there's no power in the gospel, then it's not the gospel, yeah. right? Yeah. Think about what you're listening to. And so as I, as I went home and I got in the Word of God, I found it, wow, Jesus has a healing ministry. That's kind of awkward, isn't it? Everywhere he's going. My church doesn't believe in healing, but look, at Jesus is like about it right? He's crazy about it. And so I went, I went two weeks, two weeks it took me really to, to become established in the truth of God's word to the point where my heart was ready to receive something. That's not the same for everyone. I was a disciple, okay? I just had a lot of, right? But God, but you can receive from God instantaneously. Sometimes our heart is so jammed up with lies and deceit and accusations of the enemy. We've got to plow through some stuff, right? We've got to plow through some stuff. And so I went back to that Bible study two weeks later. 
And I didn't tell anyone because they're going to think I'm crazy. And because no one ever gets healed, right, in my church. And so we, I go back to that Bible study. And, I, and even at the end of two weeks of meditating on Scripture with the Lord, I was still very religious. And so uh, in my church, to be spiritual, you added the phrase, if it be thy will, on the end of every prayer. Get it all covered under the blood, right, just in case. And, um, and, so, and so I'm like, Lord, if it be thy will, then uh, this is, I threw my Gideon fleece out. Now I know it's Old Testament, but, you know, that's where I was. And so I said, Lord, Lord, you know, this woman is going to offer to pray for me, right? This woman in the Bible study, she doesn't know that, right? But this woman's going to offer to pray for me, and then I'll know that you want me to be well. I'll know that you want me to be well. And so, <laughs> and so I go back to this Bible study, and we go all through this Bible study, and then it gets time to leave. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. My patience is wearing thin, right? I'm trying to employ it the best I can, right? But I'm like, Lord, you haven't got long. I'm just saying. The clock is ticking. And, uh, and so, you know, we're on the way out to the car. We left. We had to go get our kids from school. It was like one of the women's afternoon Bible studies. On the way out to the car. And, um, and this woman just, my friend, she just turns to me. She says, I don't know what it is. I think I need to pray for you. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> Come on now. Yes, you do. I had an attitude about it. So she lays her hands on me, and we didn't have time for one of those long religious prayers. So funny enough, we just prayed a scriptural prayer. Fancy that. You know, when you understand that your words have power, you use less of them. You use less of them because you know they mean more. And she said, be healed in Jesus' name. And she got in her car and drove away, and I just stood there. Because on the inside, I remember that scripture. Thirteen, nineteen. Choose life. Choose life. And in that moment, I saw that switch that the God had shown me, and I switched it off. I turned epilepsy off. I just turned it off in my mind. And I knew nothing happened on the outside. You see, we've been talking about how faith doesn't happen in the natural. And so it's, it's a supernatural force. When we understand what we've got going on, then we'll see it in the natural. That's the final point of the journey. That's the final destination of faith, Right? But it doesn't start there. And so in the inside, I just knew I was healed. I took it by faith. I, put, I became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to fulfill it. Fully persuaded. Trusting confidence. I put more trust in what God said than how I felt about it. And when I did that, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was healed. Now, epilepsy is one of those conditions you can't necessarily see it on the outside, Right? There are many hurts, there are many wounds that people can't see on the outside. And so I, but I just knew it. And I went home and I said, my husband said, did you have a, I said, I had a great day. Jesus healed me of epilepsy today. And he's like, that's awesome. <laughs> what? You what now? He says, yeah, Jesus healed me of epilepsy today. And, uh, and I just knew, you know, when you're really convinced of something, there is no one that can convince you out of it. No, and how do you know if you're fully persuaded? There's no convincing you out of it, right? And you know when you know when you know. It's in your knower, right? And, and here's the thing. You know, my husband said to me, and I said to him, actually, I'm, 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 I don't need to take my tablets anymore. I'm healed. You know, sick people need medication. Well, people do not. He said to me, man of faith and power, you're going to die and leave me with three children, aren't you? <laughs> You've got to understand, okay? When God speaks to you about something, when you get a revelation about something, God hasn't spoken to everyone else the same way he speaks to you, okay? So you can't judge a word from God by everyone else's opinions of it, amen? The Lord, you know, this is where we meditate. We meditate, we speak it, we study it, we utter it, we roar it like a lion, we pray in tongues, we get in the word, God will confirm it with scriptures, but other people's opinions don't always match up to what God is showing you, right? So we can't go by that alone. We can't go by that alone. He says, this word is a more sure word of prophecy. Sure word. And so I said to him, well, you know what? I don't need the medication, but if, you, if you're convinced, then you take it. That's fine. You can have it. I don't mind. I didn't make him take it, okay? But, you know, that, that was 16 years ago. And let me tell you, I've never had another. I went from having three or four seizures a day to never having another one. God supernaturally healed me of epilepsy. Amen. And that's, that's what deliverance will do. Now, I talked about knowing something in your knower, knowing it, knowing it on the inside, right? Your believer. You've got, a, you've got a believer on the inside of every believer, right? It's that spirit part of you that, that, that connects with what the Word of God is saying. 
It's, it's when the Holy Spirit makes the Word of God become revelation to you. It's not just words on a page anymore. Have you had that? When you're reading the Scripture and it just like hits you like a train, right? It's just like, wham, got it, right? And it's like no one can, can, can move you off that point because you know it. You've lived it. It's those Scriptures. Like Deuteronomy 13, 19, I have lived that Scripture. It is real to me now. I have stood on it. I have spoken it. I have seen it. That's when you get it attached to your believer. But the next thing we need to do is get our believer attached to our speaker. Right? Come on now. The problem is, with some of us, we're, we're believing, but we, we haven't been speaking. I want to talk about the voice of faith. You see, faith, faith doesn't just act. You know, we could have carried on ready, reading down, down Luke chapter 5 and found out how their four crazy friends with the paralytic man ripped the roof off to get that man in. Faith will drive you to do things you wouldn't normally do. But more than that, it will make you speak something. It's going to come out of your mouth. You see, if we want to activate um, the faith that's on the inside, we're going to start speaking it. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.13. Can you put that up for me? 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. Say, same spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We're not speaking something in order to convince ourselves to believe it. We've got something going on because we have the same spirit of faith as Jesus on the inside of us. The power, the presence of God on the inside of us. Dead raising power, healing raising power, okay, on the inside of us in Jesus. Devil defeating, crushing power on the inside of us. Because we have that kind of power... Our believer is alive, right? We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And so because of that, we speak out what we believe. We speak out what we believe. I want to look at something, okay? We've talked about the woman with the issue of blood and how she said, and how she said, right? And that was, a, that was how she, um, she decided how, how she was going to receive that healing. It wasn't God deciding. She was deciding. Let's look at something. This is uh, Mark eleven twenty three. Mark 11. Are you getting something good? Yes. All right. Mark eleven twenty three. You've probably read this before. Okay. But I want to start here in, in, um, let's start in verse 22. Verse 22. Maybe I want to, you know, I want to back up a little bit. I want to go in a slightly different direction. Okay. But this is in, um, this is talking about this, the, the story of the fig tree. And so we need to back up a little bit. To verse 12, okay? They're returning from Bethany. In verse 13, it says, They saw afar a fig tree with leaves, and they went to see if perhaps he might find fruit on it. So he's talking about Jesus. But when he came to it, he found nothing except for leaves, for it was not the season for figs, okay? This was actually a fake fig tree, and Jesus had a bit of an issue with fig trees. Do you remember in the garden, okay? They made fig leaves to cover themselves, to cover their shame. He had a bit of a, he had a, bit of a, a, a cross to bear here against, against fig trees, Okay? It's all right, we, ha- we all have our issues, okay? And so it said, he found nothing except leaves. Jesus said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, and his disciples heard it. He cursed the fig tree. You know, I said our, our words have power, and when we understand the power that's contained in our words, we'll use less of them because we know how powerful they are. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, Amen. Also, the same, the same power that, that um, spoke the world into creation yeah. is also in our mouth. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? With the same power that, that the world was spoken into creation, you know, God said, let there be planets. Yep. Let there be animals, and there were trees. You can imagine Adam on the earth like, whoa, tree yeah. popping up, whoa, right? <laughs> Hang on a second. I don't know where these things are coming from. I don't know what they are. No one's ever seen them before, Right? I mean, you can imagine, like, 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 watch out. Things are just erupting. This could have been terrifying. Anyway, my imagination sometimes. Right? But that same power, that, that same creative power is now putting on the inside of us. Right? That same creative power now lives in us. But death and life are in the power of the tongue. So he actually used the power of his tongue here to release faith, and he cursed the victory. Okay? Now, you can read on down into verse 20. Just to skip on down there. It says, In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered up from the roots. And, put, and Peter said, calling to remembrance, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. It's withered away. That's the power of his words. 
And you know, this is really interesting because it's also accounted for in, in Matthew 21. Look at Matthew 21. You know, the Bible is true and it doesn't contradict itself, right? But it looks like it does sometimes. Look at this. Maybe you've never thought about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a wrinkle in your brain you didn't know you had. Okay. So this is in Matthew 21, verse 18. Same, same situation, different, um, different disciples account. Now in the morning, when he returned to the city, he became hungry. And when he saw a fig tree by the road, he went to it but found nothing on it except leaves. And he said, let no fruit ever grow on you again. Right? Immediately, the fig tree withered away. So in this account, it says, oh, immediately. Right? Well, in the other account, it said the next day. So what's happened? What's going on here? Have you ever gotten a grip of faith and started speaking out words of authority and nothing happened? Have you ever seen that? Right? And if we don't understand the principle of what is going on here, we can find ourselves frustrated or in fear rather than in faith. When we understand that patience needs to hold our faith in place, let me tell you why. Both accounts are true. Both accounts are real. But sometimes the word of God, when it leaves our lips, it goes immediately into action. Immediately. Matthew is right. Immediately. But it goes to action in an area that we don't see immediately. It says in in Mark's account, the fig tree withered up from the roots. Where are the roots? Underground. Can you see the roots? No, you can't see the roots. Immediately, the word of God went to action, but it was acting in a realm that you couldn't see yet. Let me tell you. The words that you've spoken, the prayers that you've prayed, the things that you've spoken out in faith are working. They didn't die. They're working and they will bear fruit. They will bear fruit because the word of God, guess what? Never returns void. It never returns void. Isaiah 55, 11 says, The word of God is spoken and it prospers in the thing for which we sent it and it doesn't return void. Amen? It doesn't return void. That same power that spoke trees into being, that same power that raises the dead, lives in you. And it's just as powerful when you speak words out of your mouth as if God spoke them himself. That's the power that's in your tongue. That's the power. And so when we speak, we need to understand and not be disappointed because we're lonely looking for things naturally. You know, every miracle I've ever seen follows this same pattern. Confession, creation, and manifestation. Confession always precedes possession. Confession always precedes possession. Look, at he carries on in, in Matthew here, in Mark here. Jesus says in verse 22 of Mark 11, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He doesn't disappoint. Have faith in God. For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt where? In his heart, but believes that he will, he, what he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. You notice there's like three times as much saying as there is believing, right? We need to get our believer hooked up to our speaker, amen? And when we start speaking the word of God, we're going to start seeing the word of God manifest, and I just want to encourage you because I know that many of you have spoken things out and then you get into a place called hope deferred makes the heart sick. You haven't seen it immediately. And if we're not careful, if we don't employ patience with our faith, what we'll do is we'll speak a, seed, we'll speak a word of God in faith like a seed, but then in the next, the next minute it doesn't spring up immediately. Big shovel of unbelief and we'll go and dig it up, right? What would happen if a planted a seed and every day he went out and dug the seed up to see if it was growing would it grow no we need to get detached from our physical five senses and get attached in the spiritual realm by faith amen jesus says when there's a mountain have faith in god amen have faith in god you got you got a problem in your finances you know what the solution is have faith in god you got a problem in your body you know what the solution is have faith in God. Amen. You've got a problem in your relationships. You know what the problem is? Have faith in God. Right? We need to get connected, more connected with the solution than we are with the problem. We need to spend more time talking to our mountain about the size of our God than we are talking to God about the size of our mountain. 
Amen? And when we get our, our speaker but connected to our believer, we're going to release that same life-giving, dead-raising, sick-healing, devil-chasing kind of power that Jesus did. Amen. Amen? We get to choose life. We'll get to choose life. Now, do we have time to pray for people? Okay, I believe that there are some people in here today that have come with sickness and diseases and you need something to, to manifest in your body. Is that right? Anybody in here need healing? Well, then you need to listen. We're going to get our believer hooked up to our speaker. So let you know, this is rhetorical. Otherwise, we're just going to go and eat lunch. Okay? Are there anybody in here that is believing for healing? I'm looking at believers. I'm only looking for believers. Believers, raise your hands that are believing for healing. Okay, stand up right now. Stand up right now where you are. We're going to do this quick. We do this everywhere we go. I've prayed for tens of thousands of people this way. Okay, there's only ways, the only way you can pray for, for thousands of people in one go and see miracles manifest like popcorn is this way. Otherwise, prayer lines are very inefficient. We have been teaching you these whole two days about how you have the power of God in you. Amen. You don't need the man or woman of God to come in and have a special anointing to get the job done. You are anointed now as you are ever going to be. Amen. You have got Jesus the healer living on the inside of you, have you not? Do you think that's dead raising power? Do you think that's more than enough power to raise the dead, heal the sick or cast out any, any demon in hell? Say it like you mean it. Yes. yes. Amen. All right. So here's what we're going to do. It says in the scriptures that believers, and you're, who's a believer? Come on now. I've got a room for people who don't believe God. Believers lay hands on the sick and what? They shall recover. Amen. The power of God is to heal. It is to heal. It doesn't have to be switched on. It's always on. Amen. It's always on. It's on constant, right? It's on constant. Unlike the air conditioning in your car, you can't turn that off, <laughs> right? It's always on. And so I want you to, if you're sitting down, I want you to get up on, if you need to, and go lay hands on somebody that's standing up. Just lay your hand on their shoulder, okay? Heather, you want to come up here? Yeah. Do you, is there a handheld microphone that she can use? That'd be great. All right, Heather. So what we're going to do, we're going to lay hands on you. And me and Heather are going to pray, and we're going to release the power of God that's already present on the inside of you to come and flood from your spirit. Remember, the power of God's in your spirit, right? It's in you. You're carrying around. You're, you're a carrier of the King of glory. That's who you are. And when we, when we speak, we're going to release that power that's in you right now to flow through into your flesh. And when we do that, sickness and disease doesn't have a choice. It has to leave. It has to leave. And as we do that, we're going we're gonna to probably call out some words of knowledge and different things that are going on. And if that relates to you, I want you to put your hand up. Because when you do that, you're taking it. It's not becoming a hoping and a wishing. It's a having and a taking. Amen. God does not want you to be sick a second longer. That's the truth. Now, here's my disclaimer. Sometimes people feel a little warm when this happens, when the power of God is moving. Sometimes they feel warm. Sometimes they feel emotional. Sometimes they feel, um, I don't know, a little bit giggly, whatever. Sometimes they feel absolutely nothing. We are not looking for an emotional reaction to determine whether the power of God is moving or not, right? But sometimes it does, and I'm telling you that as my disclaimer because it surprises people. And it's perfectly normal if you feel nothing at all, okay? Amen? Do we all understand the rules? Okay, if there can be rules in these things. All right, so if you have a prayer language, can you just start using it right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that these ladies are blessed. Lord, I thank you that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are present. Lord, I thank you that your power is here right now, that is in this room, that is in our spirits, that you have deposited in us the life of Jesus. And right now, we just speak for that power to be released from our spirit, that healing power, the healing power from the healer himself to flow through us, every cell in our body. Right now, we command that healing power to flow through us from the very top of our head to the very sole of our feet. Right now, we command all sickness to leave, all disease to leave right now in Jesus' name. Leave right now. We take authority over all sickness and all disease in the name of Jesus. All sickness and all disease must leave right now. It cannot stay in this temple. It cannot stay in our temples of the Holy Spirit. Right now, that sickness is an illegal intruder, and we serve it in eviction notice. We serve it in eviction notice. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is power and agreement, and we are coming into agreement by our covenant with Jesus right now. And in your covenant, you have protection, you have provision, you have healing, and you have wholeness. And wholeness means to be restored back to your original state as God intended. So we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that already, it's already paid. It's already paid. When he said, it is finished, it is finished. I speak to sickness right now. We have the authority of Christ on the inside, and I have the authority of Christ right now. And I say, body, you listen to me. Body, you listen to me. The bodies that are in here, you listen to me. I cast sickness out right now in the name of Jesus. And we replace sickness for healing and wholeness by the blood of Christ. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I have in the name of Jesus. Silver and gold you have, you have in the name of Jesus, you have authority right now and we dismiss sickness right now it is illegal against our covenant with Jesus healing right now healing and over, over. So, I tell you, some, somebody here, you have been, keep, keep praying in tongues, you're good. I, I feel like there is, there's somebody, you have actually been mutilated. Somebody has really messed with you right now. There's restoration for you. God is restoring ability to you. He's restoring function to your bodily parts. Right now, I want to come against infertility. I want to come against infertility in Jesus' name. We call the fruit of your womb blessed. The fruit of your womb blessed. We command all reproductive systems to function as they were created to be. As they were created to be. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody specifically, the reason you're dealing with a sickness, this is unusual, but somebody has, has been the recipient of a curse. And I just need to quantify this a little bit. Curses are real and they only have power if you believe in them. If you believe in them. If you've believed the lie, if you've believed the witch doctor or the whatever kind of magic it is, you know, it's a fake reality. It's not real. The power of God in you is so much stronger. It's so much greater, so much bigger. And right now we just break the lie of deception. We break the deception of sickness. We break the deception of sickness right now. We call your flesh blessed. We call your skin blessed. We command skin conditions to leave right now. Blood disorders to leave right now in Jesus' name. Blood disorders to leave. Somebody's getting a cleansing. I sense a flushing going on. There's a flushing of systems going on right now. That's the Holy Spirit flushing out your system. Right now, I see hot oil, spiritually speaking, pouring down the inside of somebody's ear. Somebody's ear. Right now, I believe the Lord is healing people in their hearing. He's healing people in their hearing right now. We just take authority over ears and we command them to hear. Ears that hear in Jesus' name. Ears that hear. Thank you, Lord. No more ringing in the ears. No more ringing. Ears be open in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody who has an intestinal problem. You have to have a limited diet. Put your hand up if you have intestinal problems. You have digestive issues. Over here, over here, over here, over here. Right now, just put your hand right where your, right where your intestines are, right where the problem is. Right now, I want to speak life to your intestines. Life to your digestive system. We take authority over malfunctioning systems and we command them to function as they were created to be. No more inflammation, no more obstruction, no more diverticulitis, no more, no more Crohn's disease, no more inflammation. Right now, we just command normal healthy movement in this digestive system, normal healthy digestion. From here on out, bodies, you will digest and you will process every food group every food group. You can eat any deadly thing and it shall not harm you, praise God. Right now, all food is good nutrition to your body. All food is good nutrition. No vomiting, no nausea, no pain, no bowel issues. Right now, fully functioning in Jesus' name. Fully functioning. 
Think, someone's getting healed of an ulcer. You have an ulcer on the inside of your uh, stomach right there. The Lord is he's removing that for you. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I see people being able to begin to absorb vitamins and enzymes yeah. and minerals. Yeah. Healing Thank in you, the Lord. gut. It's, it all is working together. So I say healing in the gut in every way, shape, and form. To be able to absorb vitamins, minerals, enzymes. Hallelujah. Your body receives. The Lord designed us to heal ourselves. He's such a good God. that if we even so much as have a cut, our body is able to heal. Hallelujah. Your body is able to heal. And how much more with a covenant with Jesus. So I call forth bodies are healed right now and Jesus' stomachs are being healed right now your stomach is being healed right now hallelujah hallelujah Jesus Amen. someone's dealing with excessive sweating to the point where it's embarrassing right now I would just we just command that to cease we just command that to cease right now normal healthy systems normal healthy systems thank you Jesus for healthy functioning glands healthy functioning glands Jesus. somebody has pelvic pain you have problems in your pelvic, pelvic pain? Right now, I just speak health to your pelvic region. Health to your pelvic region right now. Health to your pelvic region right now. There's deliverance for you. There's deliverance for you right now. We command the spirit of infirmity to leave. The spirit of infirmity to leave right now. Leave right now. Right now. This lifelong affliction is cancelled. It's cancelled in Jesus' name. Cancelled. All pain has to leave. All pain has to leave right now. All pain has to leave right now. All right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's pain in the hip. There's pain in the hip that's being relieved right now. Someone's getting pain in the hip relief. Thank you, Lord. Somebody has a jaw that, that cracks. You have a jaw that cracks and looks. That's you. Put your hand right where it is. Put your hand right where it is. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we release healing to you. Healing to you in Jesus' name. No more pain. An alignment. Perfect alignment in that bone. Perfect alignment in that jaw right now. Right now. No more pain. No more discomfort. No more grinding of the teeth in your sleep. Right now. No more grinding. No more clenching of your jaw. We speak peace to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. Like, you can't open your mouth all the way. Right now, there's, a, there's an alignment. I hear the word alignment. Someone's getting a realignment. There's a realignment happening in somebody's spine right now. Right now. There's a realignment happening in somebody's spine, hips. Everything's just coming into line. There's a lining up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Aligning up right now. Alignment in Jesus' name straightening in Jesus name right now back pain being released back pain being released right now being released right now I take authority over muscles the muscular pains muscular pains right now we command those muscles to be at peace to be at peace we release those pains those sore joints those sore joints those cracking noises right now are going to cease when you move those cracking noises that are going to see. I'm hearing a pop in somebody's spine. There's a popping right now. There's a straightening. There's an alignment. Somebody has like a, like a compression going on. There are things that are being compressed in their bodies, between their joints. But the Lord is creating space between. There is a space between right now. Kina, thank you, Jesus, for joints that move, for inflammation going. Inflammation. Somebody has, that you retain too much fluid. You retain too much water in your body. You get swelling in different, swelling in your ankles, swelling in different parts of your, right now, we just command that to dry up. Amen. To dry up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Weak bones, osteoporosis. This is, a, this is in your family. I feel like it's a, there's a generational thing right here. We cancel that diagnosis. We, strong bones, strong bones, strong bones. Thank you, Lord. He sent his word and healed you. And it was life to all your flesh and strength to all your bones. Strength to all your bones. Somebody has one bone shorter than the other in their leg. One bone shorter than the other in their leg. Right now, there's a stretching going on. You're going to walk straight. That's part of the alignment. There's part of a straightness going on. 
Some, there's somebody that's had uh, consistent problems with their teeth, that with pain, with abscesses, with teeth falling out, with teeth falling out, problems with their teeth, rotting of the teeth, bad breath. Right now, I just declare over you healthy, strong teeth. Healthy, strong teeth. Healthy, strong teeth. Thank you, Lord. No more abscess. No more abscess. No more abscess. No more issues with the roots of your teeth. Right now, strong, rooted. He calls you grounded and rooted and established. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I speak to the brokenhearted right now. If you're broken in heart, you're not going to be healthy in mind. So right now, in Jesus' name, I speak to the memories of the mind. I speak to the memories of the mind when you were a little girl. I speak to the memories of the mind when you were a teen. I speak to the memories of the mind even when you were in, in older grade school. Whatever it may be, if it was when you were a child or if it was yesterday, hallelujah, he's come to heal the brokenhearted. And there's healing for you in the brokenhearted with true forgiveness, not just saying it and wanting to forgive, but true forgiveness. I speak healing into your heart right now in Jesus' name. I say emotions be healed. Your mind be healed. I speak to the neurological system in your brain to begin to be healed. Hallelujah. The electricity and the neurology in your brain to begin to be re, to refire correctly in a healing way. Not to think on the old, but to begin to look forward to the new in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Not to have a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. As a healthy woman of God, moving forward, being an example for all to see. Hallelujah. Healing in the heart. Healing in the heart. Healing in the heart. You have ability to forgive. You have the ability to forgive. I hear the Lord saying, you have the ability to forgive. You are someone of forgiveness. You walk in forgiveness and love. Hallelujah. And you disperse love. You show love. Hallelujah. Speak healing to your heart. Amen. I feel like there's someone that's been prostituted. Someone really hurt you. You weren't protected. You weren't nurtured. You weren't taken care of. You were prostituted. In your relationship with the Lord, you're coming with a shield, with a veil, because there's not really an intimacy there. But your dad is not like that. He's not like that. He's not going to prostitute you. You can trust him. You can trust him. He's going to be gentle. He's a gentleman. He's a father. He's a comforter. He's a helper. He's a friend. He's your defender. He's going to protect you where there was no one to protect you. He's going to hold you in a place of safety and protection like you've never known. But you just say yes. Just say yes. He wants to take you places and show you things and treat you like a princess that you were never recognized to be. When everyone else rejected you, he chose you. He embraced you. He set before you a future. He has a husband for you. He has a husband for you at a time when it's right. But he's never going to lead you down a path of destruction. He's never going to cause you to prostitute yourself. His estimation of you is so much more precious than you have of yourself right now. This is a journey he wants to take you on. But your part is just to say yes, just to be willing, just to let him in, just to let him in and to heal the brokenness. You know, when God comes in, he doesn't just put us back together. He makes us new. He makes us new. He doesn't just want you healed to the point where you can function. He wants you whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Just as you were innocent and pure as he, he created you to be. When he sees you, he sees no stains. There's no stains. He sees you as clean, as pure, as righteous, as precious. All of the lies that people have spoken about you, he's gonna be, he's your defender. 
All of those accusations are going to have to repent. They're going to have to repent. Just wait and see. The Lord is working in your heart. And as he's working in your heart, I tell you, there's freedom and there's deliverance like you've never experienced. But all you have to do is say yes. You just have to say yes. Lord, I thank you right now. I want to speak a blessing over every woman that's in this place. Every woman that watches the recordings later. Right now, there is no sickness and no disease that can stand in the presence and the power of Almighty God. There is no power of the enemy that can prevail in any area of our life. I speak a blessing over these women. All pain, all sickness, all deficit, all lack, all depression, all anxiety, all fear, we command you to leave now in Jesus' name. Leave now in Jesus' name. Women, be loosed of your afflictions. Be loosed of your afflictions in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We believe and we receive in Jesus' name. And the people said? Amen. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.